You've done it again. You made it to another Sloppy Boys Blowout. I'm here with Tim Kalpakis. What is happening with all of the people? And his blonde little buddy, Jeff Duddy. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> <laughs> and you know me, Casey Kasem. No, it's me, Mike Hanford. <laughs> you got to be careful with that, Mike, because people will be all excited. Oh, shit. Casey Kasem's on this episode. They got Casey Kasem just to say his name. You know he did the voice of Shaggy. Uh, there's another podcast I listen to about screenwriting, where where one of the hosts uh-huh. s- script notes. Thank you. Sa- <laughs> where one of the hosts says his name differently every time he's introduced, and I'm like, God, it's so annoying. And then on our podcast, when we're introduced, it's like, Hey, it's like, Hey, it's, it's like we really we're not annoying. We're not annoying. Um, nothing wrong with being annoying. Remember on uh, Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show, we, the writers never wrote Scott's fake names, just the editors would put those in there, uh, you know, hot soccer mom and all that stuff. Oh, I thought there was like a big list of those yeah. going. Uh, maybe, I guess I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> maybe I was, not, I don't know. I was waiting for lunch. I always thought they should do a Game Over Man, like uh, Bill Paxton's ah, line from Aliens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Must have slipped through the cracks over there over in the post department. <laughs> yeah, uh, must have gotten through. Quick note on that job. Remember, Mike, do you remember when uh, one time during maybe season three or four of Comedy Bang Bang, we were having pizza for lunch and, you know, you Ooh. get you want to have your two slices of pizza and then put a little side of salad or something else on the plate. And one time. We had these really wide plates. They were ovals. Oh, yeah. Brown paper plates that were big ovals. And you could fit two slices of pizza and a big scoop of salad. And I made a big deal. I was telling all the PAs, like, this is great. These plates are great. These wide plates are fantastic. These Chinese. And then, <laughs> and then they, they kept them around uh, because they knew that I liked them. And then, and then one day at lunch, uh, I was like walking up to the buffet line and there were only normal plates. And I saw one more senior PA like run over to the the new PA and be like, the writers like the white plates. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to walk over and be like, oh, oh, no, no, you don't. You don't ever, understand. <laughs> don't change anything about what you do for me. I'm a fat moron. <laughs> like the Him, the one right there. He wants it. <laughs> The idea of someone be like, always remember when Tim is eating, he needs a wide plate. <laughs> he will comment on it. It will get annoying, but he it makes cannot him happy. fit his lunch on a narrow plate. <laughs> the writers like oh the man, plate. yes, it was tough over there. Yep. Guys, we've come across another movie day. It's movie day. <laughs> Wait, what was the do to do? Do to do. I was going to try to do the um. The Fox uh, opening thing with the searchlights, but I kind of, yeah, I kind of, in the moment I was like, I don't know it. Uh, so uh, we did a movie. We're watching a movie. We're talking a movie. We watched none other than 2020's Another Round by Danish director Thomas Vitterberg. Now this movie, if we had to boil it down to a synopsis. 
four high school teachers consume alcohol on a daily basis to see how it affects their social and professional lives. That's the movie. This is a new one. That's a cool logline. It's, it's uh, you know, for some of the more Neanderthalish uh, listeners, yes, it's subtitles. Yes, you have to read. Yeah. It's funny to me that subtitles... It's become known as like intellectuals don't mind subtitles and, and then dumb people complain about subtitles. Mm-hmm. But they are wrong to – when a director puts a lot of work into a movie and a DP, the cinematographer makes a movie, yeah. they don't want you first looking at the bottom no. of the screen and then quickly scanning the rest of the – Right. It, I, yeah. I agree. It blows the line delivery. Like if I was an actor, I'd be like, don't just show them what I'm saying as I'm saying it. Don't, <laughs> don't let them be two seconds ahead of my delivery. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah. And there's always like the, the moment where – I'm going to do whatever, like a fake Dutch. It's like, Coca-Cola. Oh, I love it. And it's like, oh, I know that word. (laughs) It also puts up this barrier between the actor and the viewer where I always think every actor is really good because you can't, if someone's speaking yeah. a different language, you can't tell if it's, if the performance is stilted right. because you're like, well, that seems real to me. I don't yeah. Know. I kind of get that with English actors too, like English accents. Honestly, it doesn't even need to be another language. Just an accent will do it. Like, uh, true. I don't know if yeah. I said this before on the pod, but the French actor Jean Renault mm, yeah, well, from the professional. Oh, hell yeah. The professional. Professional. He's a laughingstock in France, but he was a star in America. And France really? thought it was wow. very, very funny that he was, he like found success in Hollywood. Like he's, he's a bad actor in France? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. They, yeah, they know him as Le Shithead. <laughs> yeah. We had a French exchange student stay with us and he said like, it's, yeah, it's funny you guys like Jean Renault. He's like a joke where I'm from. <laughs> he is a pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was always jealous of... Uh, just like a Monty Python and kids in the hall and stuff like that, just by having <laughs> accents, they feel like they have a, a united theme or, or performance. Hey, you're right there, yeah. Tim. Um, Maybe we should start doing accents. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind doing accents now for here on out. <laughs> uh, this is c- kind of a funny one to tackle because we don't normally tackle like brand new things. Yeah, we like old crappy movies about Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but our <laughs> our patrons recommended this film to us. Yes. Yeah, and it's about alcohol, which is, you know, kind of, it's kind of our wheelhouse. <laughs> alcohol. And I, and I like that it's timely. Talking about a new movie, um, this movie was recommended to us by Noah Slafer and Brandon Friss. Two separate patrons told us to watch it, so we said, okay, they're on to something. If it's two, if two say it, we got it. It's the rule of twos. Hey. When two or more gather in our name, we are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we, uh, I read the little synopsis, but it's, yeah, it's about basically these older guys in their 40s, maybe 50s, some of them, who are just kind of like bored with their lives. They're all high school teachers, and they get this idea to stay just a little bit drunk yeah. all the time. Like, it's like speed. It's like you have yes. this level that you have to, you you have have to, to maintain. live at. Well, the, the main dude is Mads Mikkelsen, who I only knew as like the bad guy in in uh, several things. Yeah, I, did, I couldn't think of what, but I he think is he's like, like the bad guy. He's Solomon Solomon bad guy in Mission Impossible. Mm. Yeah, he's he? like a recurring bad guy in Mission Impossible. But uh, wait, I don't think that's he, him, Jeff. It is. It simply is. It is. Well, now I have to. Are look. you sure you're not thinking of Ethan Hunt? <laughs> I don't think he's in that movie. He yet. is. 
Are you seeing documentation? No. <laughs> oh, my bad. I was confusing Mad Mickelson for Sean Harris, who plays Solomon Lane in the Mission Impossible movies. I knew it. I knew, I knew it. it. I tried to tell oh, you. Shit. When you said Solomon, oh. I said Jeff doesn't know what he's talking about. Jeez. Oh, okay, he's in he's in Casino Royale at least. Ah. Bond. Well, he looks like a bad guy, dude. Yeah, it's funny to have this sympathetic midlife crisis character that we feel for. And it did work. He's a good actor, but his face mm-hmm. is evil. Pure evil. He was in Hannibal, the TV series, The Hunt. Oh, The Hunt. Seen it. Are we are you looking at his IMDb? I am now. Oh, he's coming up in a bunch of stuff, though. Hey, um, while you're there, why don't you bring up my IMDb? Because I noticed my star meter has been going up uh, lately through the roof. Were you guys familiar with the Dogma 95 cinema movement? Only barely that they were like really stripped down. Yeah, I think it's like maybe from the 90s, this group of filmmakers, a lot of European guys banded together and said, let's make good ass movies that are not don't have too much special effects. Right. Mm -hmm. So this this director... Thomas Vinterberg is, oh, is one of the guys. I had no idea. Ah, what else has he done? I should have looked up some of this stuff. I didn't look anything up before. I this. didn't need to look it up. I, I just <laughs> thought I <laughs> took a moment to say, Tim, look back through the brain see what you got back there. Um, well, basically, these guys, especially Mads Mikkelsen, who plays, what is, what's his name? Martin. Martin. He's like Walter White. You know, he's just like, he's lost the spark Ooh. for life. He's lost his joie de vivre. He's it's, bored. It's affecting his marriage. It's affecting his job as a teacher. And uh, one day at a dinner, his psychology buddy, Nicholas, says that there's a hypothesis, the Skardarud hypothesis, saying that <gasps> man actually evolved uh, with too little alcohol in his system. And that if you maintain 0.05 BAC throughout the day, you have increased social and professional performance. And what they do is they experiment this with this, all four teachers. And the, their only other rule is that you can't drink after 8 p.m. or on the weekend. So this is a strictly daytime professional experience. Now, is this theorem uh, real from, from real life that the guy that came up with it? You got to imagine it's real. Would a movie lie to us? I like the idea that saying humans were born 0.05 too low on the BAC mm-hmm. and that we have to drink 0.05 just to get up to where we're meant to be. It reminds me of, I don't think he came up with it, but there's a Father John Misty song that talks about how when humans are born, we're only half formed and that's why we're looking for love. And that, and it's like the comedy of life is like, oh, hey, yeah. we're, only, we're only half. I know that song. After a quick search, I can confirm that he existed and that this was a suggestion of his. Ah, nice. It's uh, like the idea is just to make you a little more social and a little less like cooped up or anxious, uh, tight assed. And yeah. sure enough, it works wonders mm-hmm. until things start going south. Watch it, Jefferson. I know I don't want to talk too much about the ending because of uh, since it's so new, it's kind of spoiled. And like, you know, this is just um, like every documentary you've ever seen where it's just like, we stumbled upon this cool thing and it's working for everybody. And then it's an unsustainable model and there's some crashing and burning. Well, I did feel like when uh, when the crashing and burning started to happen, it almost felt uh, obligatory to me. Like like 
when it when it when things went south, it was almost like not that earned, and they just had to. But before that, this is I, I this movie was really really fun, and I liked it a lot. And it did just make me wish we don't really have a lot of movies like this in America where it just it's so hooky that you just let the hook be the plot. I mean, I guess the closest that we would get is like Tag, where it's like, hey, we got these guys doing a wacky thing, right? This, it's this like this a is really like a funny, weirder movie. version. Yeah, it's quirky and it's uh, strange. This movie could have been made as like a uh, Van Wilder series. Like, yeah, his that whole group could have done this, but like done by a I don't know, just taking a different like angle on this. It's like, oh, this is actually kind of an interesting story, right. but it's just guys trying to get yeah, drunk and then <laughs> like trick themselves that this is a, a thing they should be doing. There's definitely a Van Wilder like American Pie version of this, but because it's like a Danish <clears throat> movie by one of the Dogma ninety five guys, like. The music in it is really like classical and cool and like and like <laughs> yeah, cerebral yeah. and they they're just like four midlife crisis dummies who are doing dumb stuff but they're <clears> like <throat> dressed well and they're at night restaurants and they're listening to Tchaikovsky <laughs> yeah. and uh even when it starts to go bad it does kind of have like a curb your enthusiasm quality where you're just like oh my god yeah. this guy's just like stumbling into the teacher's <laughs> meeting drunk off his ass <laughs> that was it's like that was hard great. to watch but it's it's pretty much funny the whole way through <laughs> except for like yeah, so mm -hmm. much parts they kind of get away from it but it doesn't uh, get super sad. it gets a little sad but it but doesn't have the dark turn that like so many 90s miramax movies had where it's just like oh all of a sudden it's right, fucking right. real as shit um i loved the drunk acting uh Acting drunk is the hardest thing to do, and and you see it done so bad all the time when someone is like, uh -huh, uh -huh, I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> but again, who knows if they sounded because their accents and the different language, like. Well, it's funny because I was their thinking movements about that. Were very drunk. The, yeah, just but but even just like looking like the the volume of their voices or the way that they mm -hmm. fell down and stuff, it was like I read that they did drink on set. But um, mm. it would just be a little, a little bit to just sort of uh, get comfortable and lose their inhibitions. So even yeah. in the movie, when they're crazy drunk, they still maybe just had two drinks. Uh, but it did, it did inform. Sometimes they'll just like look really bad or look kind of sweaty, and and I love that. There, I, I guess I, I'm going to talk maybe a little spoilery, but uh, maybe we take this out. I don't know. Uh, the part where they reach like part three, like the level three of their drinking mm -hmm. where they like drink to excess. It's so great. Like they're dancing at home and then they go to the supermarket and they're drunk there. And like all yeah. four of them are drunk. And then they try to like fish and one guy falls in the water. And then that like bar scene where they're all dancing around and singing. So fun. That's why it's great that they're middle-aged because there is a general, they tap into this sort of like joie de vivre about drinking mm. that is not just like, oh shit, we're like dancing and partying hard. But it is just being 0.05 gets you to a place mm -hmm. where you're happy and, and these guys get inspired and have a vigor for life. It is very yeah. realistic. Did you guys spot that scene where they're making Sazeracs and uh, they pull out the, yeah. the Peychaud's, is it Peychaud's? Peychaud's? Bitters, bitters, right? And Peshods. there's a quick exchange where somebody's like, alcohol free, right? And then the other person's like, it's all alcohol. <laughs> uh, that was our experience. These guys should have listened to our Trinidad Sour hey, episode. We had the same realization, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you also saw the, um, when they're in that grocery store, there's a shelf of Aperol and Campari. Oh, interesting. Campari they knock over a bottle Aperol. that splatters red everywhere. Is that in the ash section? Yeah, I think it was in the ash. <laughs> Mike, 
That's Luxardo. I'm not going to um, go there. Save it for the main. Well, did you guys know, and there's no way for you to know this because I never, <laughs> I didn't tell you. Um, I watched this film with my breathalyzer by my side. Damn. Oh. And I uh, uh, had a little journey of my own uh, where I said, in the movie starts, they've decided to become 0.05 drunk. Yep. And it's a curious level because uh, they say that's a, a glass or two of wine, but then we know like 0.08 is the dri the driving limit. Right. So 0.05 is is kind of high, and I, I felt what 0.08 is before, and I, and I always feel like when I'm there, I wouldn't be tempted to drive. Yeah, I, my internal sensors tell me not to drive before 0.08. Yeah, I cut myself off uh, earlier than that if I'm driving. So I didn't really know what it would feel like. But what, so when I put this movie on, I had uh, the breathalyzer and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll drink while I'm watching this and see what it feels like when I get to 0.05. And it was very funny because I, I had some tall boys of Coors original, the banquet beer, mm -hmm. and each mm -hmm. tall boy was 24 ounces and the logs, uh, the yellow logs, <laughs> the yellow logs, size of your arm, really. Anyway, I drank one of them. So that's two beers. And I thought I'm probably 0.05 because they said two drinks. And then I waited a few minutes and then I blew into my breathalyzer and I was only 0.03. And then I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to have two to, beers after two beers. And then I was like, I don't want to have to drink another two beers, so I'm going to have some whiskey. So I poured myself a pretty big whiskey on the rocks. Maybe it was a double. And mm. I drank that through the middle of the movie. And then I blew into my breathalyzer, and I was only 0.04. Then from that point forward, I was like waiting, being like, oh, well, maybe it just needs to settle in. And because I've had two beers and a double whiskey – and I kept blowing and I kept blowing for most of the movie and I was 0.04. And then I kind of got frustrated and I <laughs> threw back another uh, whiskey. And then finally, in the very moment, literally when the when the final credits rolled, I hit 0.05. And it was it was again drunker than I expected. Like like they That's a lot. Yeah, yeah they, they were acting pretty because in the 0.05 section of the movie, they're just a little bit smiley and uh, they don't get very drunk until later when they've decided to increase. Yeah. But I, I felt um, I felt like 0.05 was for me a normal night of drinking, like where it's like, oh, I got a buzz going. I'm having fun on a Friday or a Saturday and I don't need any more drinks. Mm -hmm. So that was how many drinks you had? Two beers. Two double whiskeys, six drinks two in hours. the length of this wow. movie. And that's only 0.05. Yeah. Because when they were doing it, it seemed like they were taking like just little like mouthfuls of vodka or whatever. Yeah. Smirnoff or something in the yeah. bathroom. Um, also fun to see teachers just uh, taking little pulls of Smirnoff in the bathroom of a high school. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was fun when, when, uh, when Matt Mickelson comes into work and he's like a little tipsy. Maybe, this is maybe when they're at like point one. And he's like spinning around people and then he like runs right into the wall. Oh, that like <laughs> that was jarring to me. That startled me. Like yeah. he, a guy yeah. just bangs his head and it, it felt like a gunshot to me. It was uh, crazy. Yeah. That's the sound design, Jeff. I love that when any one of them is too drunk that the other guys know what's going on so they can swoop in. Mm -hmm. It's like we've got this little secret. At the There's school. a ton of like just really good exchanged glances. Because yeah. it's funny that four teachers work at the school. One guy's like uh, the music guy. One guy's the coach. One guy's the like, 
I guess psychology or philosophy, psychology and history, and then yeah. uh, and then Martin is history, and uh, it's cool seeing like, yeah, he was a shitty teacher who checked out, and I've had teachers like that, and then he was like a uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie, he's like uh, Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society, and he's like getting people, he's <laughs> yeah. like people are cheering in the class, and it's like, yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> And he's fucking they his did wife a great again. Job. <laughs> <laughs> Showing each one of them get their groove back was yeah. very, very, very fun. I love the uh, the the gym coach or the soccer coach, uh, like that little guy Specs. Specs, the kid. <laughs> we love Specs. <laughs> he like his the other kids didn't like him very much, and he held his hand when they were doing like the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh my god! And he scored his goal. Uh, that was very cute. I really liked at the very, very beginning of the movie. It was like. A bunch of the kids, I think high school kids who were like graduating, did this race around the pond where they like had a case of beer and the team had to like finish the beers before they went all the way around the pond. Yeah, or it sort of bookends the movie, this like beer race that they yeah. do in uh, Denmark. It was like when the kids graduate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys read like the origin of this uh, idea for this movie? Mm-mm. Well, the director, his daughter was a teenager who did stuff like that in high school, that drinking game with the race and other, she had a bunch of kooky stories that revolved around beer. And then he wrote a play, I think first a play, inspired by his daughter and the drinking escapades that were going on at her school. And then uh, and then decided to make this movie out of it. And the daughter was going to be in it and play like a teenage daughter of the main character mm-hmm. and four days into shooting, she died in a car accident. The no, director's daughter I did hear about that. So they that shut, sucks. shut down production. And then not only did they have to recast the daughter, but he, it changed his whole approach to this movie. And he decided, wow. I think it was maybe a little bit more of a wacky romp before. And he wanted to make it less of a movie about drinking and more about like, finding mm. your zest for life after because he had lost his daughter and he was depressed and then he rewrote the whole script and then they started over man nuts. so there was more of a it, the first version was more of a uh student like perspective more kids involved i yeah, think student perspective yeah i think a little more student perspective and even the adults were in it but i do think that it all it had that van wilder kind of edge you were talking about oh, man, and he just all. wanted to make it more about now he was like a grieving middle-aged man and mm-hmm. he he thought he could make it like a parable that would apply to more than just drinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it is very effective when it does turn and like they're still drinking and stuff. It does kind of make your stomach turn a little bit. Like I watched yeah. it this morning and uh, by the time the, the movie ended, I mean, it's it's bittersweet and you should watch it. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I was a little less pumped to make drinks for <laughs> for the, yeah. this week's episode when yeah. the credits rolled. <laughs> I but the end when it take when it takes a dark turn yes but the ending of this movie is up is on a positive note in a life affirming mm-hmm. way that that made me happy that it's yeah. like it's too easy to make a movie that's like hey guys you know alcoholism is actually bad right <laughs> and uh, and I I thought they found a good middle ground uh, where they landed was was the main guy's wife cheating on him yeah that seems yeah, to okay, be that's, that's kind of yeah. why. When they were having sex after when he first started drinking and he got his uh, groove back, mm-hmm. wh- when she's crying, it's because she says, like, I've missed you for so long, maybe too long. It's like <gasps> the ship sailed, dude. Um, but they handle that really well where, like, he never, he like, use it, you lose it. 
he he never he doesn't have to be a detective or anything. They kind of leave. Tell him, man. <laughs> if you don't use your penis, Heck, I'm not gonna. Hey, I'm not gonna paint the picture. You you got imaginations out. Okay, there. well I told you I'm imagining a penis. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Go ahead. You're in the middle of a thought. Um, I like the way that they leave things out like that, where where the wife cheating on him. It's it's uh, you get it without. Oh yeah. Really having to show it or whatever. I, I also um, do it in a line. Do it in a look. There's there's a Hemingway thing where he wrote a story about an old man, and the old man uh, uh, in real life committed suicide. Mm. But then Hemingway was like, I'm not even going to put that in the this, this story. The story is sad enough because I'm so sad while I'm writing it that it just goes into the subtext that it, mm. it, the doom is built in to my description of this man. And I don't Ooh. even need to end the story that way. They'll just they'll Was get it the it. old man in the sea? No, it was the old man who didn't live too long. <laughs> there's there's a, a term that I learned that applies to that as well. It's called a bay oh. leaf. Have you heard of a bay leaf? Mm. Oh, I know when I, when you make spaghetti sauce, you put a little bay leaf in there. Give yes. It a flavor. So it's it's an ingredient that's in the gestation process, but it is removed for final presentation. Oh. And oh. Uh, that suicide is a good example of it. But I, I think I've heard it more in terms of a writer's room or the development mm. process where to satisfy, uh, you know, checks and balances along development. You kind of put something in for the suits mm. or whatever to make every, make sure everybody's really comfortable and everything really tracks. And then, but then wink, wink, the directors and the writers know that like some element is going to be removed for out. the final presentation. Ooh, damn. I love it. Well, you know, uh, trick. you know, Mike Schur, my WGA program writing mentor. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, he says that by the time a half hour sitcom script is done, he has removed the very scene that inspired him to write the episode. So it's like, oh, hell yeah, The Office. I'll do an episode where Michael Scott you know, does this. And, and then you write the whole, you break the whole story and then you write the whole episode and you shouldn't even need that core scene anymore by the time you're done. I've heard Yeah, of that. but we want to see that funny scene. But it explains why, think of when you watch Mike, Mike Schur's shows, you know how there's usually like a four minute chunk in the middle with a black screen and no sound? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it all where together. the scene was. Uh, <laughs> I've also seen that with um, using samples in music. Like, I think it was Kanye or Dr. Dre. They said that like, sometimes they'll use a sample to get a song like up on its feet and they'll build an entire arrangement around the sample and then remove the sample or like they bury it. So it's like you, you couldn't recognize it in like all the stuff that has kind of leapt from the inspiration of the sample. I like that. Um, when when you say black screen though, (laughs) I gotta say, I really like the way that this movie handles on screen text really handle uh, the way that they handle texting Mm. and stuff. Cause that's a, uh, I've seen some, there's a great YouTube video I'll put in the description about the representation of texting in cinema and how Mm. like, we haven't really decided what the best way to do it is. It's most people. I don't like um, when it pops up on the screen. Me neither. I I don't like that pop-up video shit. I kind of like, what is it in, in love Netflix. They just shoot Mm -hmm. the, they just shoot the phone. 
like you would do. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, I played the character of Walt on that show. Uh, right. Sure. Right. But I didn't. I didn't send any texts, but I did smoke a cigarette. Mm. Yeah, your your character wasn't about sending text messages. Well, your big scene was coming up, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> that's such a funny thing that um, my character in my in the script was called like Man with Cigarette, and then Paul Rust improvised in the scene like, "Hey, Walt, how's it going?" So when you go to IMDb, it's like Walt Tim Galvakis, <laughs> as if it's like this important guy, even though I just kind of stood there. They started doing that on uh, Parks and Rec. That's why uh, you know instead of like newscaster, it's like Perd Hapley or <laughs> right. And, and Mitch is Bjorn Lurpus. Yeah, and, and the, the, the Lurpus name is uh, shared through a lot of the townspeople in Pawnee. Um, you know what I really liked? The thing that made me laugh in this movie was when uh, Nicholas's kids pee on him while he's sleeping. Yeah. Yes. His, his like, kids sleep with him and he pee, they pee on him. But did you notice when he was like on the couch and his son Otto peed on him, the, it was like still like light outside? Was that because they're up so far north? Interesting. Ah. Like, I didn't get what was going on there. I, and there was there was a time, like, after the 40th birthday party, they go outside and they're like power walk racing and stuff. And it seemed kind of light out there too. Well, in the film biz, we do a little thing called day for night where we will uh -huh. shoot. Mm. Um, no, yeah, it could be a Denmark thing, but it could also just be weird dad schedule. They eat early dinners and they go to bed early mm. and they wake up early. Well, well, what do we think about this? The theory, the 0.05, obviously things go off the wheels when, when they start drinking to excess in this movie, but this idea of taking the edge off with a couple of drinks and then doing your job, when that came up in the movie, before they actually put it into practice, what did you guys think of that? Do you, do you think, oh, this is a recipe for disaster? Or did you think, oh, there's something to that? I knew it was going to I knew it was going to be a recipe for disaster just because like because it's a movie, like what else would happen? They're just going to have a great little time. But if it's not a movie, do you think there's something just to the point oh five? Because I think we're yeah. we're doing maybe I'd try point oh four on the pod. Tim, what's your what's your breathalyzer right now? Let me let me blow it right now. I gotta get one. Of these I, I had uh, I had a cocktail earlier, and then I just drank a Ham's Tall Boy, and I've washed it all out of my mouth, and I am about to blow. Beautiful sound. Hmm. Point oh eight. Oh, Timmy. <laughs> there we go. So I'm drunker now. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel right now because uh, we, full disclosure, folks, we recorded our main podcast before this Patreon show. So I, I was drinking the drink Sorry, of the week. Sorry, folks. And then I also had, had a beer. I do feel, um, I don't feel drunk, but I... I wouldn't want to teach a high school class right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say, could you teach high school history? <laughs> Drinking makes you, loosens your lips and you could talk a lot, but you can't remember the thing. You know, if I were teaching a class of kids history, like in this movie, if they ask questions, I could probably answer the questions well and flap my face a lot. But I don't think that I could remember to get through the whole lesson plan that I had planned out before class. If you had a drunk teacher, I bet you'd have a lot of like... They forget to give out the homework, and then what's the homework, and where are the tests? You lose the tests. You're doing great in this class because no one knows what's going on. <laughs> I, another funny thing is that I forgot that um, you know the drinking age is different over there. 
Like I had to kind of recalibrate a little bit like, oh yeah, high schoolers, high schoolers can drink over there. That's not scandalous that he's talking to them about drinking. And the student drinks like 55 drinks a week. (laughs) Um, I had that with, um, I went in for my annual physical one time and I, my doctor was like going through the clipboard and, and, or the, the nurse was going through the clipboard and asking me questions. And she said, how many drinks do you have a week? And, and this was in my mid-20s. I was like, mm, maybe 20. And she goes, oh, okay, so 20 drinks, that's about a little, like more than two uh, two a night. It's three, like three a night. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't drink during the week. And then I have 20 drinks on the weekend. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. thought that that would be, I, I thought I was giving her good news. You're like, miss, 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 and, don't uh, misunderstand me. <laughs> no. Uh, she said, that's actually bad news, sir. <laughs> We're wor- me and the doctor are worried. And she put a little lock on my liver after that. <laughs> when I have to, uh, liver lock, I have to fill out a something like that. I just write N Y D B. And they said, and they would go through, what's this N Y D B? None of your damn business. And do you do that for pretty much everything on the clipboard? Yep. I <laughs> said, back off. I want to talk to the doctor right now. <laughs> and I don't want stitches. <laughs> Another round. It's a fun movie. I liked it. Did you guys like it? I did like it. I, I kind of didn't know what to expect. And when it started the way it did with just like uh, the types of people that were in it, I was like, what mm-hmm. is this actually going to be? And then hey, it ended up being uh, pretty cool. I liked the, the the depiction of the main guy's kind of midlife wasn't a crisis because he was just sort of in a lull until he had a little nervous breakdown with his friends. But uh, I've worked some dead end jobs and I've had the feeling of just being like really blah. And I feel mm. like in movies, it's usually overdone. And I I liked how he was just sort of dead faced and he wasn't complaining and he wasn't walking around being like, what happened to my life? He's just sort of on autopilot, and it felt pretty real. Yeah, I was I I was happy there wasn't like a Garden State-ish type shot where like he's staying still and everyone around him is moving like really fast. And his his shirt is made of wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> so let go, let go. It is funny though to like I've been in that situation where, where like you're at a concert, you're having a good time or whatever. You you got some alcohol in your veins and you're like it could be like this all the time <laughs> and the, <laughs> like, like the temptation right? of like i could teach a history class on this shit <laughs> it's relatable it could be like this all the time it's funny that when he he when he gets his lust for life back and then he goes to class it's funny that he's teaching about alcohol like yeah that was he's in a history class and he's like you know what fdr drank a lot i, I don't think yeah. you're allowed to change the curriculum <laughs> I like that the other teacher, too, told his student to drink when he took his oral exam. That was funny. Mm-hmm. It worked, though. It worked. No spoilers. Yeah, there were, we said no spoilers up top, but you know what? <laughs> There's spoilers. Um, we'll spoil. I think it's funny that when we started doing the Patreon, we were like, yeah, we can do the blowout about whatever. But it would be cool if it had some sort of natural outgrowth from the normal podcasts. So that's why we picked Cocktail. That's why we picked Coyote mm-hmm. Ugly. And... uh and so, so that we can veer off in a new direction. And I was surprised how few movies there were about alcohol. Like, how few bar movies there are in America. We love alcohol. We love bars. I know. 
Hey, what about Beer Fest? We got to do Beer Fest. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we should do Beer Fest. I have no. I don't think I've seen that before. It's Is that such, the Broken Lizard guys? Yeah. Yep. Um, they go to like Germany to a Stein drinking competition. Oh boy. Um, it is funny just how central to everyone's social life in America and Europe and beyond how there's no, no such thing as like socializing and being out at, at on a Friday and Saturday night without drinking. So you would think it would be more central yeah. in more movies. Maybe it's one of those things that gets flagged that studios don't want to be involved in or like, you, you know, you hear that. Movies set on water are bad news. And I remember hearing that TV shows about baseball always failed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's possible that booze booze is a, a red flag for certain executives. Um, I guess it's probably because if you do a show about booze, you're going to want to visit the dark side about booze. And too many advertisers <laughs> are like, let's not do that. And no. that's not fun. Um, and it's not fun to watch. I don't want to see Joey and Phoebe drunk. On our podcast, are we ever, uh, eventually, after a year of saying, here's a funny cocktail we looked up, are we going to have to pivot and just be a really dark podcast about um, mm -hmm. addiction? <laughs> no, Possibly. we're the fun guys. We're the fun guys. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about, uh, God, what's the fucking wine movie? Sideways. Oh, oh yeah. Well, like. Sideways is awesome. Why haven't we talked about it? We got it. I'm mad we haven't talked about it. Our friend Lil Mookie B is a big Sideways fan, and I've I borrowed his DVD, and then I've also watched the movie with him, and then and then we watched the commentary because he was like the commentary is great. Tim and it's great. I, bo I borrowed his DVD, and he said, "Don't return it to me until you've also watched the commentary." <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched it yet? Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> it, it's that fun thing where uh, Thomas Hayden Church and. Uh, Paul Giamatti are having so much fun doing it. They're remembering everything and they clearly have rapport and they're just having a blast. But then after that, we watched uh, the Japanese version. There's like a Sido Wase, like uh, oh re remake of the movie. And it's set in California. It's like a Japanese guy comes to California for his friend's bachelor party or whatever. And they kind of hit oh, all the weird. same beats. Whoa. And the American one was first. Normally, I would think they're like, oh, Sideways is actually based on a Japanese movie. You would think so. Sideways is based on a novel. Mookie has read right. the novel and said it's actually really good. Of course. And then after the movie was a hit, the novelist wrote a sequel and maybe even a third one and um, kind of tried to keep it going. And I think those novels are bad. But The Sideways Chronicles. <laughs> but um, Sideways really is a... It took me a while to appreciate. I, I saw it when it was new and I think I was in college and I was like, eh, it's just like swingers. Who cares? But when you watch it now, the, you understand the midlife stuff in the same way that when you watch another round um, that the guy being like exhausted with the world, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't hit home when you're 20 years old. You're like, what's that guy's problem? I just, uh, the thing I always remembered the being funny about Sideways is when he's, he's late for something in the beginning, Paul Giamatti's character, and then he's sits on the toilet and reading a book, <laughs> yeah. reading a, like a novel on the toilet was funny. Well, that's it for another round. Do you guys want to read some mail? Yeah. Yes, I do. Mitchell asks. Mike Mitchell? This is actually Mitch. Uh, on the web? How Intensive. Hell yeah. You guys know at How Intensive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've sung his praises. The guy is, he's a linchpin of the community. Yeah, but Hello, slobby boys. 
Hi. I have a question for you. We all know that Jeff is famously anti-stemmed glassware, but what would you consider to be your personal essential glassware for cocktails? You could format this as a Mount Glassmore. <laughs> um, I'll tell you the first one up on my Mount Glassmore is a nice wide, low rocks glass. I, yeah. mm. I got, you know how we've talked about those holiday packs where it's a bottle of liquor and then a free glass that comes with it. Oh yes. Mm. I love those. I bought the, uh, Crevassier to quote Leon Phelps, ladies man. You're right. Yes. Um, and it came yeah. with these oh, yeah. two kind of like crystal. I don't think they're made of crystal, but that look of crystal cut rocks glasses that are really low and fat and big. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. oh, everything's better out of those. I know what you're talking about because Alan McLeod once got both Mike and I Gentleman Jack gift sets. Ah, yes. Mm. And they had uh, a low glass. Big heavy bottom. With a with like a just a chunk of glass on the bottom. Yeah. And uh since you left LA, Michael, I have both glasses, and that's a nice little. No, I want them back. Since nice you've been gone, twofer set for the J man. <laughs> I like uh, if I go to a bar and it's like they give you a mug, like a a beer mug with like yeah. a, instead of a pint glass. I enjoy those. I used to be disappointed at tiki bars, especially the tiki tea. You look at the menu and you pick a fun name, but you don't really know what it's going to look like. And I always wanted it to come in a rocks glass or an old fashioned glass. And when they gave me a, a drink that was in a highball glass, a tall, skinny Collins looking thing, mm. it bummed me out. But I'm coming around on that, too. I think they, each, they all have their place. You know what I'm not the biggest fan of is like the tiki cups. What do you mean? The mugs. The, mugs. the ones that look like carved bamboo characters and stuff. Yeah. I own a lot of those and I, I do like them, but the problem with them is because they're not transparent. So you can't look through and see how much of your drink is left or what color yeah. your drink is or any of that. There's something about a glass that or a mug or a cup or something where if the inside has like indentations and stuff in it. Yeah. I don't like that. You don't like it. You, so you don't like a hurricane glass? No. The, see, the hurricane glass is smooth. I'm talking about like when you the see a, a tiki glass. Yeah, the bumpy inside because it's the opposite of what's being bumped out of the front. Mm. But Mike, it's funny if you, if your mug is shaped like an Easter Island head, it's funny. Mm -hmm. Sure, but just smooth out the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that if if I just the, don't like the it. front of it has a Easter Island or like a a crying tiki god face, but then when you look inside. It just looks like a Collins. Or a Stormtrooper. We've seen those. Yes, yes. yes. Or one of those land speeder guys on Endor. Mm -hmm. But you want mm -hmm. it smooth inside. Real smooth. Smooth, smooth. I want the drink and the inside of the cup to be both smooth. And hey, I know it's gotten a lot of flack on here, but I like a copper mug. Nah, yeah. I'm not a big copper mug fan. Come on, it keeps it cold. Nah, for me. We know nah, that it keeps me. it cold. Nah. No, we know that it gets cold. That the cup itself gets very cold, <laughs> but it sucks the coldness. And, and, and when you sip, you go, ooh, it's so cold because of the copper mug. Because <laughs> no. of the copper mug, don't you know it? And then no, I lean I and know. say, I'm being a little, only the I'm mug. being a little rat fuck. You're being facetious <laughs> yes, well, yes. on this pod. <laughs> yeah. You fuck. There you go, Mitch. You, you got us all upset at each other. I hope you're happy. Um, I'm going to do one last breathalyze. And, and then this will be definitive, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we'll know, and then we'll be able to sleep at night. Just because... Thank God. You got to know this stuff for science's sake. Here we go. 
two, one. Point oh five, just like the movie, baby. Woo. Mm, nice. Get in there and teach. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up the blowout. We hate to do it. Say goodbye to our patrons, Patronios. We love you. We absolutely love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping on the Patreon and becoming a member. We owe it to you. We love you. We love you so much. Hey, tell a friend, why don't you? Yeah, tell a friend. Jeez, what are you talking to your friends all day about? Oh, you know, um, you know, I, I ended up uh, actually seeing Tenet and I liked it. Who cares? Tell them about this. Well, uh, the Snyder cut was actually a little bit long, actually. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> tell them about the blowout. Did you see the Celtics game? I can't believe they played the Celtics game. Larry Bird has long retired. <laughs> yeah. So cut that shit and tell them about this Patreon podcast. Hey, we got room enough for everyone over here. Yes. And the water's fine. Think about it. Five dollars a month? I mean it's 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 the price of a foot long. <laughs> I thought you said football. No, How much well, football is going for these skip, days? Maybe that'll be our next blowout. Skip one cold cut combo per month. Skip one chicken bacon ranch. And get four episodes. Wow. Wow. I'm <laughs> pitching it to pitching it to the people that already are paying. Uh, yo, you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. To Luski. To Yuski.